Section 108 of China, Japan, and the Islands of the Pacific. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Devorah Allen. The World's Story, Volume 1. China, Japan, and the Islands of the Pacific. Edited by Ava March Tappan. Section 108. An Incense Party. By Sir Edwin Arnold. There is a pretty and refined form of social amusement in Japan, which has never been mentioned on this side, so far as I have seen, in connection with the domestic life of that country. It well deserves description, nevertheless, being so characteristic of the highly cultured tastes of the Japanese, and because it opens the gate into quite a new realm of sense-pleasure, and might indeed be very well introduced among people of education and fine sensibilities in England. It is founded upon the eastern love of sweet odors, a province of rare delight, far too much neglected among ourselves, as may be seen indeed by our lack of words with which to define different fragrances, and the foolish fashion which has surrendered the beautiful world of perfume almost entirely to the female sex. English men, it is true, wear buttonholes of violets or gardenias or rosebuds, and some of them are bold enough to bedew a pocket handkerchief with a little frangipani or eau de cologne. But the habit is regarded as rather effeminate, and even ladies are a little blamed if they indulge in the stronger fragrances of the fashionable perfumers. All this is deplorable, and due, it seems to me, to a deficient olfactory gift, rather than to any reasonable prejudice. For why should we not take delight in the infinite range and exquisite variation of those mysterious odors, which, not content with scattering freely among her flowers, nature bestows upon us in many a strange and subtle corner of the animal and vegetable world. We have, by reason of our dullness, very few satisfactory titles in the dictionary with which to name these wonderful essences, and the nose, that most important feature, not only boasts no classic passages of its own to compare with the literature of the eye, the ear, and the lips, or even the hair, but is scarcely ever mentioned, even in poetry." Marshall can find nothing better to say of that organ in his mistress except that it is not too great, and all that Ariosto permits himself to observe about the same part of the lovely countenance of one of his chief heroines is that it stood in the middle of her face. They do not so disregard the nose in Japan, or neglect the delicious kingdom of sensations of which it is the well-provided and happy channel. Less fortunate than we are in the variety and delicacy of manufactured perfumes, they appreciate intensely those which they possess, and give lovely and appropriate names to distinguish one odor from the other. For the most part, Japanese perfumes are prepared not in the liquid form, as with us, but in powder or solid shape, necessitating the use of incense burners to develop the aroma of each. The Japanese word for an incense burner is koro, and upon this omnipresent article of Japanese domestic and religious life, the artists of the land have lavished their finest skill, the most divinely graceful utensils exist in bronze, iron, silver, gold, and pottery, entirely devoted as kogo, in which to keep the little tablets of incense, or as koro, and chojiburo, in which to burn them. Some are quaintly fashioned in the forms of fish, birds, or animals, and richly gilded. But the majority are of bronze, the fragrant smoke issuing from the perforations in the lid of the little vessel. Imagine yourself, then, O gentle English guest, seeking in vain for some new social pastime. Imagine yourself in Tokyo receiving the distinction of O Maneki, the honorable invitation, 
to a joshuko, or incense party. I must call it a distinction, because these entertainments are only given in the upper circles of Japanese life, and would never be addressed to anyone who is not known as a person of quiet ways and cultivated tastes. On the highly ornamental document inviting you, or in a letter accompanying it, will be conveyed in graceful words the request that, if it be honorably convenient, you will not smoke, or drink tea, or sake, or eat scented sweetmeats for a day or so previous to the reception. It will also be in good form that you should not make any employment of pomade or oil for the hair, nor use any ordinary perfume. On repairing to the house of your hostess, for a lady always presides over this most dainty amusement, it will be polite and proper to enter with much caution the apartment reserved, taking care to open and shut the paper shutters, shoji, very quietly, in order not to disturb the tranquil air of the room. Like all Japanese rooms, that chamber will be celestially clean and sweet, but the probability is that you are entering a yashiki, or superior abode, where, beside the cream-white tatami and the silvery shoji, the woodwork around will be of finished workmanship, and the supporting columns of natural timber, the most valuable that the mountain forests can yield. With your feet bare, or in socks, you have knelt down in your place within a half-circle of pleasant friends, male and female, who salute you with soft words of welcome and polished compliments. Your dress will be new, or at least unsoiled, all upper garments being left outside, that no smell of the street may enter this paradise of perfume. Opposite to the half-circle of happy guests kneels the fair hostess, in front of her being ranged a row of ten small packets of perfume, folded and tied in precisely an identical fashion, and their contents known to her alone, either by their arrangement or some private mark. Two or more incense burners will be near her, with a metal bowl of lighted charcoal and various little implements with which to handle the incense. In Joshuko, there will be ten packets, but only four different scents, and a specimen of each of these four is placed, distinctively colored or packed, at the left hand of the lady of the house. Let us say that they are the sorts called Tamatsumi, in English, pile of jewels, Shibafune, ships of grass, Mumei, the unspeakable, and a fourth fragrance, which is not named or experimented with. In the row of ten, all looking identical, there will be three of number one, three of number two, three of number three, and one of the mysterious compound. The guests receive ten little tickets, bearing names corresponding to this division, three of number one, three of number two, three of number three, and one for the kyaksama, or unknown perfume. In a box near at hand, there is a division for the tickets of each of those present, and now the graceful pastime is ready to commence. The lady of the house burns one of the extra parcels of number one, and all in turn sniff at the aroma, the name and character of which she indicates. Then, gently wafting aside the fragrant cloud, she gives her guests the flavor of number two, and afterwards, in due turn, that of number three, naming them all. But Kyakuko is, as I say, not burned. Now then, the delicate ordeal commences. The lady host opens one of the ten indistinguishable parcels and places it on the glowing scarlet ashes of the koro. The blue vapor issues from the perforated lid. Each guest, in turn of precedence, savors the smoke decorously three times, and then, making up his or her mind, secretly drops the ticket which is thought to agree with that particular odor. One after the other, the guests thus vote in silent ballot, not being allowed to give any hint as to their persuasion, 
but softly conversing of other things as the incense burner goes round. Another and another packet is selected and consumed, and again and again those present cast their votes, each dropping the tickets into his own division of the ballot-box. Somewhere or other in the course of the play the secret scent will come in, but it is remarkable how often it fails to be recognized, the eager guests expecting it before it has arrived. Moreover, in spite of the frequent use of the fan, each of the fragrances intermixes with each, and it is quite astonishing how keen the nostril needs to be to analyze and separate the fine differences of the various essences. At the close of the round, when all ten perfumes have been consumed in the coro, a scrutiny is held of the voting, and he or she who has made the highest number of happy guesses receives a little hobie, a prize of some pretty and useful kind. A great collection of elaborate articles is needed to carry out this graceful entertainment in perfection. The incense burner ought naturally to be very artistic, whether of porcelain, bronze, copper, or iron. The incense box should be of fine lacquer and of beautiful shape and finish. It will generally have been constructed in three divisions, the first containing the incense cakes, the second some aloes wood, and the third a receptacle for the incense ashes. Little plates of mica must be ready, on which to lay the pieces of incense when put over the burner. The card box ought to be charming, and the cards are sometimes little lacquered wooden blocks, with a number on one side, and on the other the picture of some tree or flower, the name of which each guest will for the time being assume. Every person, it will be understood, receives ten tickets, with the same picture on the back, representing unmistakably the owner. It would take me too far to go into the varieties of incense and other fragrant materials which are manufactured by the Japanese perfumer, and to quote all the playful and fanciful names given to them. There is, for example, Kokon, the breath of twilight, and there is Yama Jinotsuyo, the dew on the mountain path. The first is compounded of aloes wood, sandalwood, and kako in certain proportions. The second has clover blossom in it, and musk, or jocko, of which the ladies of Dai Nippon are very fond. Some of them have the custom of sewing a tiny bag of musk dust inside a velvet fillet and fastening it under their sleeve upon the upper arm. The ingredients of these perfumes are mixed in powder and then kneaded into consistency with white honey. There are many other forms of this delicate entertainment besides Joshuko, such as Kogusako, Kebako, Kagetsuko, Meishoko, all of them having some amusing or imaginative significance. But enough has been said to show the refinement, the charm, and the entertaining character of this Japanese form of indoor pastime, which might, I think, be happily introduced into those fortunate abodes in our own land where there reigns something like Japanese tranquility and something like the Japanese artistic instinct, which can find true joy in the curve of a line, in the contrast of supplementary colors, or in the subtle difference of one sweet odor from another closely resembling it. End of section 108. This recording is in the public domain.